the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, March the 31st, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1492, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain issued an edict expelling Jews from Spanish soil, except if they would convert to Christianity, they could stay. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind when he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Today in 1917, the United States took formal possession of the Virginia Islands from Denmark. Today in 1968, at the conclusion of a nationally broadcast address on Vietnam, President Lyndon B. Johnson stunned listeners across the country. He said this, quote, I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another, another term as your president. Today in 2004, four American civilian contractors were killed in Fallujah, Iraq. Frenzied crowds dragged the burned, mutilated bodies around the streets of the city, finally stringing up two of the bodies from a bridge as they mocked America. Today in 2005, Terry Schiavo, she was 41 years old, she died at a hospice in Florida. That was 13 days after her feeding tube was removed in a wrenching right-to-die, right-to-live kind of a court battle. You probably remember it. I won't go into all the details, but it was fought out in the press because the press had a side in the issue. They were, of course, for assisted suicide. Oregon and Washington have assisted suicide laws to help people kill themselves. I fought against that. We traveled to churches around the state in Washington when that was on the ballot. The Christian Medical Association came out, and uh, we were in a number of churches. I didn't say a lot. I introduced the doctors that were I was with, but the churches were opposed to it, but not as strongly as I had hoped, frankly, most of them. Uh, they were interested in it, but uh, anyway, Oregon and Washington have those laws, and some others do as well. Kaborkian, you may remember, he was kind of the apostle of this whole movement, Dr. Kaborkian. Anyway, now Oregon has expanded theirs. Uh, it has been for the last number of years that you had to live in the state and be a resident and be confirmed as a resident before you could have someone assist you in committing suicide in Oregon. They call it death with dignity. But now they've changed the law and you can uh, travel to Oregon from anywhere and you don't have to live in Oregon. I would imagine that Washington State will follow that. Washington and Oregon seem to follow each other, particularly in dark deeds so I would expect that Washington would follow. I don't know that. Today in 2020, Britain's Prince Harry and his wife Meghan officially stepped down from duties as members of the royal family. 
you know, Megan is a pain. Do you think Harry's going to wake up one of these days and say, what have I done? I don't know. Anyway, they stepped down. They're flying high in California now. One year ago today, President Joe Biden's Pentagon swept away Trump-era policies that largely banned transgender people from serving in the military. I want to talk to you a little bit today about Senator Collins from Maine. She has betrayed her party's platform. She is, she says, a Republican. She's registered as one. She says she has read the platform, but she disagrees with some of the points. I understand everything that we're involved with in life, we probably don't agree with 100%, except we biblical Christians do actually agree with the Bible 100%. And we try to conform our lives to the Bible. But the other side, who claim often claim to be Christian, try to conform the Bible to their point of view. In fact, they even use it. Joe Biden uses it, the President of the United States. He uses it to twist and even to support his own personal agenda of abortion, transgender, homosexuality, you name it. It doesn't matter what it is. Nancy Pelosi is perhaps even more disposed that way. So we live in a time of, there's a lot of conversation about righteousness and self-righteousness and truth and Christianity, but we live in a time of darkness. I think Jesus saw a time like this, and there have been other times like these. When he said this in Matthew chapter 5, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What Jesus was saying is that it's great to be a Christian. It's great to confess that you are a believer. But a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We can't hide the light that Christ brings into our lives. And there are those who claim Christianity, as I said, who perhaps have not experienced that light of Christ coming into their lives. But we cannot hide that light under a bushel because of the times in which we live. And Jesus suggested that we are not saved by our works. And the Bible is very clear on that. But we are called to let our light shine. In other words, be active in the community, in the city, and give light unto them that are in the house. In other words, become that light. But we live in a world that forces you and it compels you to put your candlestick, your light, under a bushel. If you grew up in church, you probably remember, I mean, if you went to Sunday school, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, put it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. One of the verses of that little course I remembered as a kid growing up, there were a lot of things that didn't get my attention as a kid in Sunday school class, but this did. Because one of the verses in that little song we used to sing says, don't let Satan it out, blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. 
We live in a time, seriously, Satan is trying to blow out the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he has people helping him. Some of them know they are. Some of them are oblivious to the fact that they're working on evil, on an evil agenda. God will judge their hearts, but as long as we are able to do this radio program, we will try to turn on the light and talk about what's going on in the culture. And most of it is dark nowadays, unfortunately. But we will live and work and have our being in the light of Christ. It's in that spirit that I want to talk to you today about Senator Collins and others like her. I've never met her. I have no personal feelings of animosity toward her. But I profoundly disagree with her and others like her. Let me talk to you a little bit about that today. Before we jump into that, I want to just note that we're struggling a little bit with our budget, and we need your help. Uh, Some of you have been distracted. Some who regularly support us have not. Um, I understand, but we will never allow ourselves to get into debt on this ministry. We started out with that. I only had about one, a couple of things, I suppose, when we started this program a number of years ago now, about, I think it's eight years ago or something, originating live every morning. It's an effort for us. It's probably a greater effort for others who help us along the way at the various radio stations we're on. It'd be better if we just recorded our programs and canned them and sent them out and they could rack them up and play, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right down the line. But that isn't what the Lord put in my heart to do. So uh, we're doing this live and thank you to all of you guys along the line at the stations and particularly the ACN stations out of Spokane and Seattle and Portland and Tucson and so on. Thank you. But we need your help because we're falling a little bit behind this month. And I determined that we would not fall behind with this program. And we've been through some tough times and all of us through the COVID and it carries on and so on. But please prayerfully remember us with your support. We need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. You could also contribute online at our website, faithandfreedom.us. I ask myself, why would Senator Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine, why would she betray what her Republican Party claims to stand for and vote for a nominee to the highest court in the land that stands for almost everything Collins' Republican Party claims they do not stand for. Collins says, after reviewing her extensive records, I will therefore vote to confirm her to this position. Her extensive records are alarming. They are frightening. They are terrifying. If you have any sense of morality and any sense of value on family. That's why she, Collins, can vote for her because she's looked at her record. The record is the problem with this woman that they're about to confirm to the highest court in the land. Her extensive records? No one should confirm her based on her extensive records. 
Fox News reported yesterday that Collins is the first GOP senator to announce that she will support President Biden's pick for the high court. Here's what Collins had to say. After reviewing Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson's extensive record, watching much of her hearing testimony and meeting with her twice in person, Collins said, quote, I have concluded that she possesses the experience, qualifications, and the integrity to serve as an associate justice on the Supreme Court. I will, therefore, vote to confirm her to this position. The White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, who many say are, is actually running the country uh, out of the White House, he is the Chief of Staff, as I said, and he, they say, is making many of the decisions that should be made by a president of the United States, and the president, current president is not capable of doing so. So many say he's actually running the country right now, de facto as the chief of staff. So he immediately put out a, uh, put out a, a, a tweet and uh, thanking Collins for her support. He said, quote, grateful to at Senator Collins for giving fair, thoughtful consideration to Judge Jackson. And all of the at POTUS ju- judicial nomination, in other words, and thank you for giving uh, your confirmation vote to all of those that President Biden will be nominating in the future. Collins sort of explained why she is a Republican, does not support the Republican platform. She is apparently trying to be true to the Constitution. At least that's what she says. She said, no matter where you fall on the ideological spectrum, anyone who has watched several of the last Supreme Court confirmation hearings would reach the conclusion that the process is broken. Part of the reason is that in recent years, the process has increasingly moved away from what I believe to be appropriate for evaluating a Supreme Court nominee. The role the Constitution clearly assigns to the Senate is to examine the experience, qualifications, and integrity of the nominee and not to access Uh, uh, assess whether a nominee reflects the ideology of an individual senator or would rule exactly as an individual senator would want. But that's exactly what she's doing. She's confirming her not based on her record because her record is frightening. And I'll get to that in a moment. It's because she's pro-abortion. That's what this is all about. So not only is Collins being deceptive in being a Republican who's out pushing the abortion agenda, but she's also deceptive in her explanation of why she's doing it. Some have said they admire Senator Collins for her courage to stand against her political party and stand for her deeply held moral beliefs. These aren't moral beliefs, they're political expediency. However, in claiming our system of confirmation is broken, and that the Senate hearing is, quote, not to assess whether a nominee reflects the ideology of an individual senator or would rule exactly as an individual senator would want, but that's exactly what she's doing and has done. She's consistently voting for abortion. She's done that all along, and now she's doing it again. Judge Jackson is a flaming abortion activist and a homosexual rights activist as well. She may be charming, she may be nice, and yes, she's a woman, and yes, she's black. But this has nothing to do with her gender or the color of her skin, as far as I'm concerned. It has to do with her ability and her ideology. It's not fit to serve on the Supreme Court, but yet it looks like she'll be approved. 
there are people that see better than I because they're closer to this that would agree with everything we're saying here this morning. Ted Cruz certainly does. Josh Hawley, Senators Cruz and Hawley and Mike Lee and others, they certainly do. They're speaking up. They're doing the right thing. They're letting their light shine in the darkness of this moment on the highest court in the land of the United States of America. The problem, the problem with Judge Jackson, which Senator Collins apparently missed, is President Biden's promise in the first place not to nominate a justice based on primarily on their experience, qualifications, and integrity. That's what the president said. He said, I will not take into consideration primarily, first of all, experience, qualifications, and integrity. So why is Susan Collins saying that that's what she is? Because she isn't. Joe Biden promised he would not use that as his criteria primarily. He promised that he would use and choose a nominee based on the color of their skin and their gender, specifically a black woman. So it started out sideways. In other words, the highest court in the land does not deserve the person who has the best experience, qualifications, and integrity. The highest court in the land deserves that one of the nine justices at this moment in time in history be a black woman. I'm not opposed to her blackness or her womanhood. I'm actually advocating for it. But that's not the reason to choose people. Merit has been put aside. Forget the color of your skin, but we can't. The left won't let you forget the color of their skin. They claim to be the people carrying the banner for race, against racism, and yet they are the ones that are promoting racism. Should anyone other than the far left make that kind of promise? Following up, acting on the promise? What if Trump would have said, I am only going to choose a woman, a bisexual or whatever of some, I mean, the bisexual community would have applauded. But America would have said what? And the Democrats would have gone after his throat as they have on every other issue. It's interesting that Fox News introduced Jackson as President Biden's choice back on February 25th with this. I don't have an issue with Fox, but I don't agree with everything they say for sure. Some of the people I I have a great deal of trust in that are on Fox about their ownership and all of the backroom stuff. I don't know about that, but I watch what they say and do, and I don't agree with everything. But it was interesting, back on February 25th, just last month, a little over a month ago, President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, they said, Tanja Brown-Jackson, is a judge who's respected by members of both parties, has a connection to the former GOP Speaker of the House, and is famous for handling former President Donald Trump a major judicial loss. That was the way they introduced Fox News on February 25th, the way they introduced this candidate, nominee, rather. The connection to a former GOP Speaker of the House is Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan is somehow, and I can't remember how I was aware of that, but he's related by marriage, the former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, to this um, Katanja Jackson, uh, Brown Jackson. Um, I think it's through marriage, but is that a new qualification as well? I mean, why would... I don't know why Fox, anyway, not all Republicans respect her, nor do they believe she's qualified, and they question her integrity. 
So this truly isn't about that. It was underscored when Senator Marsha Blackburn, and I talked about it on this program, she asked the, this nominee to define a woman. What is a woman? Katanja, honest Katanja, she said she couldn't or wouldn't. And she said, the reason I won't or can't is because I'm not a biologist. Remember that? We talked about it just days ago. You have to wonder, does one need to be a meteorologist to define what an umbrella is? The real problem has nothing to do with race or gender. Last week, the New York Post reported this. They said Senate Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin refused, he's the head of the committee, he refused Wednesday to make public pre-sentencing reports in a handful of child pornography cases in which Republicans claim Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson handed down overly uh, light penalties, calling it a bridge too far for his committee, uh, committee. So Durbin was saying, no, you can't have this information because I don't want to go that far. That'll set a precedent and blah, blah, blah. But the Republicans had requested to see the reports which are written by probation officers. They're very transparent, just traditionally. I mean, they write down the truth as they see it. And it doesn't get lost in this cloud of politics and and people's agendas and all this kind of thing. I mean, they may be wrong, but they're very transparent with how they assess the feeling. So it's very important, and it always is in these cases, that the probation officers' reports are read and people that are making judgments about a person, in this case, this Supreme Court uh, nominee, that they read those. Well, they had requested to see the reports written by the probation officers after interviewing a defendant. They're filed. They're kept under seal. But um, they'd been blocked from having that. So Josh Hawley of Missouri, Senators, Ted Cruz from Texas, and Mike Lee of Utah, they came out swinging. These and other actual Republicans had a rather heated exchange with Democrat Durbin over the fact that Jackson herself had stated that the reports were relevant to understanding those cases. She was trying to put stuff in context because she has a problem. And I want to be very clear on this as we continue to walk through this. I'm not a lawyer or a senator, but after reading the actual exchange between these Republican senators and Democrat Senator Durbin, I think it's clear that Durbin and his colleagues, tasked with getting her confirmed, release some of the propane, uh, propane the uh, probation officers' reports and recommendations that were favorable to the nominee, and they held back those that were not favorable. Someone who's trying to cover up or present half-truths, I mean, that's what they would do. But that is what they did. And there's a lot that was not favorable to the judge and to the person who would be standing before this judge that we're talking about. I wrote an article on this today, and there's a lot more information on that in the article, and there's links to more if you want to read it at faithandfreedom.us. But yesterday, Senator Ted Cruz presented documents that prove that Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson sentenced those in possession of child pornography to nearly 60% less time consistently over her career than the national average. Cases of child porn distribution in which Jackson was the presiding judge 
were sentenced 47% less than the national average. Jackson also sentenced the production of child pornography. In other words, the people producing this horrible stuff from the pit of hell, 35% less than the national average. Ted Cruz put up some graphs. I included that in the article I wrote today. But let me just touch on, look at it here. It's very simple. I mean, it, it's easy to read. But let me just tell you what they say. There's a, he, he put out a graph. There's a couple of pages of, of, of graphs, a couple of uh, screen pages. And the one is about child pornography case sentencing. And uh, people that had possession of child pornography that were arrested and came before this judge, Katanji Brown Jackson, the, she, she gave them, on average, 29.2 months in jail. Other judges, at the same level as she is at the moment, and with the same cases before them, gave, on average, 68 months in jail, a 57% difference. A person who was before her caught and arrested for distributing child pornography, she gave them on average 71.9 months. All other judges judging the same crime at the same level that she is at the, in her current position gave them 135 months. That's a 47% difference. Now, Ted Cruz and some of these other guys are lawyers, and they are hot. And I'm thankful to God that they are. They're trying to expose this, trying to make a difference, trying to let their light shine, so to speak. Overall criminal case sentencing, Judge Jackson and her career at this level has given, on average, 29.9 months to all the crimes she's heard and those she has sentenced. The District of Columbia, which is known to be soft on crime, gives an average of 39.8 months. And all other judges across the nation, at the same level, judging these same kinds of charges, gave 45.1 months. It is terrifying to see that this woman will be approved to the Supreme Court of the United States unless God changes the hearts of some of those people in our Senate in the vote that's coming up. It's apparent that abortion activists, homosexual activists, they're all connected at the hip. They're all in rebellion toward God. God is pro-life and God is pro-male and female. He created us in his image and after his likeness. And we are, we are today seeing an onslaught, not against political policies per se, but against the very foundations of humanity, against male and female and family. And that's what these guys and others, but particularly the senators I mentioned, are trying to stand up for. They're trying to stand up for what the platform of the Republican Party also has stood for and does at this moment, at least in, in the text. But Senator Collins has decided to stand against that, and there are others that share her, her view in the Republican Party. 
The latest edition of the Republican Party platform states that the unborn child has a fundamental individual right to life which cannot be infringed. I read it yesterday. It's also very strong on recognizing same-sex marriage, not other versions of that. Well, listen, I'm out of time, but we're going to continue this conversation about letting our light shine tomorrow. I'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.